0: This conversation about following your deeper desires, following what feels sensational in your body, following your your pleasure is so important for the, the step of getting out of your conditioning. If you are in your conditioning and you're content, you're not living your fully authentic life.
1: Hi, friends. Welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're here. This month on Yoga Magic, we're talking all about freedom. Freedom in our bodies. Freedom from diet culture. Today, freedom to feel Leisure. So I didn't actually intend to speak to you know conditioning and cultural pressures in all of these episodes about freedom, but that's kind of what has come out. And it's it's really good timing for this discussion since 2020 is all about breaking down old systems, evaluating your life. And divinely enough, we are now in a Mercury retrograde, which which kind of emphasizes this even more. So Mercury appears retrograde pretty frequently, definitely less than Mars, which is also retrograde right now. And what you might experience with a Mercury retrograde is just like more annoying little F-ups, if you will. Like, for example, last month, our garbage disposal... And several other home appliances kind of broke down Um, last Mercury retrograde. I mean, nothing crazy, just annoying. Mercury is the planet that rules communication and technology. So you might notice that your computer is doing weird things or you're not quite getting a message across. or Yeah, just word to the wise, always back up your shit during Mercury retrograde. Just in general do that, but especially right now. So to put a positive spin on just like another... Retrograde, another planet, another challenging astrological event. Right now is just a great time to evaluate evaluate your communication style. See, I have trouble communicating. <laughs> or even evaluate your outdated thinking. The full moon, the second full moon of the month on Halloween might be a super great time to do this work, to journal on, you know, how you communicate with others and how you communicate with yourself. Or maybe you do a little journaling every day between now and the end of the retrograde. Just write. You know, I love that practice of stream of consciousness writing, getting stuff out. So, anyways, friends, we have a bit more tough astro energy coming our way, but I think I think we're stronger right now. I think we're ready to handle it. And then you know, it will let up. Keep up your self-care practices, set your boundaries, take care of yourself. And if you need tips on how to do that, shoot me a DM because that's, that's my jam. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about this very fun interview, getting back to the pleasure. A quick disclaimer, we do talk about some adult topics on this episode, some sex, nothing crazy, but if you listen to this around your kiddos, you might just want to choose another time. Um, In the last couple episodes, and specifically with Yasna Burza a couple episodes ago, we talked a lot about not caving to societal pressures of what success looks like. And this conversation with intimacy coach, podcaster, and just super fun human Amy Batuski breaks this down even further. And we dive into what our desires in life are—not what we think we're supposed to want or desire, but we what we really what we really do want. And sometimes it's—I mean—it can be kind of out there or taboo or kinky or I don't know, just not what everyone else wants. So we think that's not okay. And Amy is so good at breaking down why we feel reservation around our desires and what happens when we lean into those instead. It's what it's like to live a pleasure-filled life. And the things that I want to stress is that this is so different for every single person. Some of us may want the big house and the two kids and the perfect job. Some of us may want a tiny house and 17 kids. I don't know. Some of us may want to travel the world alone. Some of us may want to have amazing sex every day. And some of us do not want to do that at all. And the other thing is that it just, it can change. So our desires and our dreams and our pleasures can change over time. I've done this practice um, with my partner a number of times where we write out our perfect day. Like... I'm actually doing this with several clients right now as well. It's, it's really hard. And if I could have you know, the most perfect day, pick what I want, start to finish, filled with pleasure, what would it look like? It's just a really good practice, a good way to kind of think about this and just, you know, one little bite-sized practice. So I hope this conversation with Amy sparked some ideas for your self-study. What do you actually want? What do you desire? What does pleasure look like for you? Now is a great time to pivot too. Many of us, you know, have been laid off or changed our careers and now we can lay the groundwork for the future. What does that look like? Amy Batuski is an intimacy coach based in Bali at the moment. (laughs) She leads virtual group courses and retreats for women that focus on loving their bodies, trusting men, living a pleasure focused life, and owning their feminine power. She is incredibly passionate about women, well, and men having amazing sex deep connected relationships, and satisfaction in all areas of life. She's also the host of the podcast with pleasure. So I'm so excited to chat with Amy. Before we get to our convo, a quick reminder to subscribe to this show if you love it, leave a review and a rating, and even better, share it with a friend. It makes a huge difference. If we're not already friends on Instagram, check me out at ashleysondergaard.yoga and yoga magic. All right, friends, let's see you on the other side of this interview with Amy Batuski. Well, welcome, Amy. I'm so glad to chat with you across the world, truly, right now. Thanks (laughs) for being on the show.
0: Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you reached out. This is
1: going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So you're in Bali. I'm in Minnesota. They feel a little different. (laughs)
0: Lightly. A little different flavor of living.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, to say the least. What is it like living there?
0: I'm so curious. Um yeah that's a great question i'm like where do i begin um <laughs> well i'm just like looking outside right now and there's all these palms of they're not palm trees in the way that we think of them but all of these different plants and palms and and the sun and it's beautiful and that's what i that's what i look at when i'm sitting at my desk which i love and um yeah life in bali is really good it's peaceful it's, it's actually really extraordinary because it's so peaceful because of COVID times. And so everything is much more empty. Everything is – you know, the beaches are much more empty. Normally, Bali is like buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. So many tourists, so many people. The beach is packed. Every restaurant is packed. And it can be really chaotic and the streets are packed. And because of the times that we're in, it's like actually – like the streets are empty. The beaches are pretty much empty. The restaurants are pretty much empty. And it's, it's really beautiful. It's really special. I'm like, wow, that I'm getting to experience Bali in this way, which is so rare. Um, is really special. And I live with two of my best friends and that's fun. so much fun two of my best friends from the U S so it's really fun. We have a, a great time. They're both also coaches. So, you know, we, we, uh, we, we have quite fun in depth relationships and lives and conversations and um and I have a boyfriend here who's Dutch. I met him here. So it's really nice. We go to the beach, we, you know, hang out, sit by the pool, talk, work, um, eat a lot of vegan food. Are you vegan? <laughs> it's great. I am vegan. Okay. Yeah, I have been for 10 years. So I'm in I'm in total vegan heaven being in Bali.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: This sounds so yeah. much
1: fun. It sounds fun, it's but great. it's also sounds like, you know, you've, you've made the commitment to shift into a much more feminine way of life, truly like restful. I mean, that's, that's a conscious decision. People don't just say like, okay, I'm going to move to Bali today. Well, I guess maybe they do, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, you know, I did not. I mean, I did, I did have the thought, I mean, what got me here? Cause I was not planning to live here, right. For context, for those who are listening, I've been living in Bali for Seven, almost eight months. And I was not planning to live here. I love coming to Bali and I came to lead a retreat in March. And I had the intuitive hit to stay for two months. Before I got here, I was like, okay, this is going to be a two month trip. You're going to go for February and March. You're going to relax. You're going to unwind. Yeah, you're going to slow down. You're going to take the month off, one of the months, (laughs) and then you're going to lead the retreat. And at the end of the two months, was when COVID was like really hitting, Stop. and it was that that moment of decision, like, do I want to stay or do I want to go? And same with my girlfriends, you know, my two girlfriends that are here, and they were both here to visit. One was here to visit me. One was here to take uh, photographs at my retreat, and she was like, they were both like, I mean, I think we all need to stay. <laughs> like, we're all like, yeah, this is the place to be. We're we got the beach, we got the sunshine, we got amazing food and people, and like, we don't want to go back to the states. And so. That was a big deal. It was a big deal for all of us. I would say it was a bigger deal for my girlfriends because they had to really break through some really intense codependent patterns with their families where their Mm, families wanted them to stay. And my parents were like, we trust you, whatever you want to do, like we support you. My parents are really amazing at being hands off with like not controlling my life, which I'm so grateful for. But you know, my friends' parents like have their own fears and patterns and beliefs and like, you know, and, and wanted them to come home. And it was a big deal for my friends to like really hold their desire, which is, you know, these are best friends of mine and clients of mine. And so they've been working with me for years around holding their desire, owning what they want, letting other people have their reactions to what they want, you know, and, and trusting their intuition, which was so beautiful for all of us to get to trust our intuition, follow our desire and stay, even if other people disagreed. Hmm. And so that's what we did. And so we've been here for, you know six to eight months, all of us, depending on when they arrived, but, um, it's been amazing. Wow. That's, that's such a cool story. I mean, truly like what a gift. And
1: I love how you talk about, you talk about intuition, you talk about femininity and that like balance, you know, feminine masculine, which is why I wanted to talk to you today about pleasure. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) Amazing. My favorite topic. One of my favorite topics. (laughs) Same to me,
1: like truly same. But I think, you know, and I'm excited to dive into this. I think for as women, especially, I'll speak for myself, as a Midwestern woman who grew up pretty religious, like pleasure isn't something that I get to talk about freely. And now I just want to talk about it all the time because of that reason.
0: Totally. I think once you're unleashed around it, like you can't you can't forget, you can't suppress it, right? Once you're, once you're connected to possibility around pleasure and desire and connection to self, it's like, wait a minute, I can't keep living that old way. I just can't, you know, I, I really find that. I love that you've had that shift in your life. And, and you know, that's what I stand for in the world to have all women and men, but like my focus is usually on women. Shifting from those conditioned beliefs and the you know religious beliefs and the the societal beliefs and conditioning that we have around pleasure and sex and desire and intuition and body and healing and releasing the the conditioning and shame and then just tuning into what feels good and mm-hmm. living from that place. And oh uh, yeah, once you know, it's like it's really hard to go back <laughs> to access like- it. It's
1: like magnetism, right? You know, when you lean yeah. into that, you just attract more good things.
0: Totally. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this morning. That this morning during my meditation, just like how how much our magnets become stronger. Like I really think of us. I, it helps me to visualize things, and I really think of us as having as being magnets. You know, like we are a magnet. Each of us, and is our is our our, our magnetic force strong? You know, like if somebody comes close to us, is it like a vibrational, like, ooh, you know, that's like a <laughs> good pull of yeah. like this juicy, beautiful energy, or is it more repellent? Like, is it, the, you know, cause you know how if you like put, right. put the, you know, the magnets together, it's like that repellent energy that they're so capable of, of, uh, you know, the force can be there in that way. And I just I just really think about how I teach about this a lot just like that our magnet our magnetic force can be turned up right. as we prioritize pleasure and as we prioritize self-love and connecting to what feels good in our body, we just naturally magnetize more and feel better and feel better to be around, right? And people want to give us more and connect with us more and we just feel good.
1: Yes. Yes, girl, I love this. Will you talk about what you do as an intimacy coach? You know, your yeah. retreats, your coaching, just the whole gamut.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I was I was um being interviewed for a podcast yesterday with one of my guy friends, Travis, who was actually on my podcast early on. It was a very fun episode, by the way. My podcast is called With Pleasure. And I, ha- I have an episode with my friend Travis. He's a former lover and a good friend. And so we go into all of that. We talked about like our lovership, our friendship, or, like when we've had sex, when we like hated each other. Like we talked about all of it, which is really fun. But anyway, I was talking to him and I was like, Gosh, how do I even begin to describe my work when it, it I, it's so not simple? Right? It's so not simple and I call it intimacy coaching because if I called it sex coaching, it wouldn't encapsulate what I do even though sex is a part of it, of course. If I called it pleasure coaching, that wouldn't that wouldn't be all of it. If I called it relationship coaching, that wouldn't be all of it. And so for me, you know, intimacy coach is the best Label I can give it to explain that I work with people around accessing truth inside of their relationships, inside of their sex, inside of their body, inside of their life. Like what feels true, what feels good, um, what needs to be expressed, what wants to be felt. And so we're intimate with everyone, right? We're intimate with our friends, our relationship, our romantic relationships, our our, our romantic partners, our Bosses, our clients—like there is intimacy with everyone, and thus there are intimacy issues (laughs) with almost everyone, right? Or there can be. And so, I really work—you know—primarily with women, although I work with men too, and and some sometimes do co-ed or all gender experiences and retreats. But generally, I work with women, and we talk about all of it. I talk to them about their, you know, their inappropriate desires. Their shameful desires, their beliefs around what they want, their conditioned, you know, conditioned thinking around pleasure. Um, yeah, we dive into where they're withholding. A big part of my work is getting women to start telling the truth in their life. Because we think we're going through life like, oh, I'm so honest. And then, like, you're all liars. Like, we are all liars. And it's not <laughs> even that we're consciously lying. We are lying to ourselves. You know, it's like, oh, does this feel good? You know, you're having sex. It's like, does it feel good? Yeah, it feels amazing. It doesn't. Or it would feel better if, fill in the blank, go a little slower, move a little to the right. Can we switch positions? Right? For example, I use sex as an example for a lot of things because if a woman can get free asking for what she wants in bed, she is going to have so much freedom in so many areas of life because we struggle so much with speaking up for what we want and what we need in the bedroom, right? Because it's the most shamed, it's the most secretive area of life, generally. And so, if we can get free in the place that's you know darkest and most shameful, then we can get free anywhere with asking for what we want.
1: Why are we conditioned there? I, like, I know we're going to go down that path, but I just like that. Really, I just resonate with that. Why the heck yeah. are we conditioned so much to to around truth that we can't say? The, how we're feeling out loud or, you know, that we, that we're having like kinky thoughts or whatever, you know, whatever the hell is going through our brain. Like, what is that?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't, I, 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 I remember that you asked me in the last question, like what my coaching and retreats and stuff look like. So I'll tell you about that later. Cause I I'm just on it now. I'm like this and that. So sorry, I forgot to answer that. I'll, I will, but to answer this question, why are we conditioned to lie? Here's, here's, That's a great question. There's a lot to it. (laughs) Right? Where do we, how do we unpack this? Okay. (laughs) So women's sexuality, women's pleasure is so fucking powerful. Right? Like, right? I mean, men and women, but like generally men kill for it, pay for it, cheat for it. Ruin their lives for it, travel across the world for it, end their careers for it, risk their reputations for it. Like, like we are so powerful, right? Our bodies, our pleasure, our pussies, our essence is so powerful, so magnetic. And that's why it's been shut down, shamed, and suppressed for as long as we can remember. Hundreds and hundreds of years. And there was a time, and there are still cultures that really exalt the feminine, that really bow down to the feminine and worship the feminine and know and, and value the power of the feminine. But generally, it's like, you know, for the patriarchal society that we're in, it's like they can't risk that right? Our, our culture can't risk that. It's like people feel out of control in the presence of feminine power and, and pleasure when it's unleashed and they need a semblance of control, right? They need control and order. So what do we do? We get shamed. We get shut down, right? We get suppressed. And it's not just women. It's the feminine energy in all of us, mm-hmm. right? So those desires that we see it with men all the time, men's emotionality gets shamed, Men's sensitivity gets shamed. Men's feelings get shamed. Their more feminine energy inside of them, which is part of their superpowers, get shamed and suppressed and shut down. And then we get toxic masculinity, right? Where it's like, this is how it is to be a man. And so where they're shut down and disconnected to what feels good and is needed and you know how to care for the feminine energy inside of them and outside of them. So... I believe it comes from a need for control and order. And so what it, when since that's the case and we come from a lineage of that, of like women mostly, but everybody being sur- suppressed around the feminine energy, it's deep. And so we're raised with parents generally who have their religious conditioning and their societal conditioning and their parents' conditioning. And so they also hide it, shame it, keep mm-hmm. it secret. And their parents did, right? And so then we're left with these messages of like, oh my god, like, I wanna, I, I, what's what's going on between my legs? Oh, I'm feeling something. Ooh, I wanna, I wanna explore that. I wanna explore my friend's body. Oh, I wanna, you know, I wanna wrap up against a couch, whatever. Couch uh, arm, you know. And this is what kids do. K- kids are exploring. They're exploring bodies. They're exploring pleasure. They're exploring masturbation. They're exploring everything. And then they get shut. Down. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that in public. That's not appropriate. That's not okay. That's shameful. Hide that. Never do that again. And so it's so intense, the, the messages that we get around pleasure. And I talk a lot about how pleasure is not just sexual. Like pleasure is not just about sex. It's pleasure in every area of life. But when our early experiences and messages around pleasure are connected to our sexuality or to you know our sexual body and then are shamed, then that puts a, puts a damper on our view of pleasure across the board, right. In every area of life. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought up the kid, um,
1: example children. I have two little girls and I, I just, I want them to love their bodies. I want to love themselves. And I have to be so careful because right now, I mean, they are, they're like figuring out what, oh, like mommy's boobies and my boobies, like they're so sweet about it. And And I don't want to throw them under the bus for just asking questions and exploring who they are. And, and like at times maybe it is inappropriate, but I'll have to, you know, just like, okay, actually, well, let's do that at home, you know, instead of making them feel terrible about it. So I hope we're waking up. I think, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I think maybe we
0: are a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds like it. And and the thing is it's it's a fine line. I mean, it's a discovery, right? For all people and all parents, especially like in this time trying to be conscious and trying to be approving versus shaming, right? The the way that we were raised, but it, I was raised in a really sex positive home and it still didn't stop me from having tons of conditioning around my body and my pleasure and my sex and performing well just for my society and my friends, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's inevitable. But yeah. I love that you brought up parenthood because it is, it is a hard line because you want to be fully approving, but you're also in a society that's like, you can't go around like in public being naked and free and sexual and exploring your pleasure. Our, our society doesn't approve of that. Right. And so it's an interesting line that parents have to have to kind of walk of what, what you're feeling and what you're doing is beautiful and natural mm-hmm. and amazing And it doesn't, you know, it's like it makes other people uncomfortable if you do that in person, in public, you know, like it's just that because it can be so subtle that they get the message of shame, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't, and you don't want to give them that, but you got to also trust that they're going to have their journey and their awakening and and you can just do the best you can, of course. But um, I actually want to speak to that for a second, which is the importance of meeting people's desires with approval always even if you don't agree and so I teach this a lot in my retreats and in my work because we we have so much internalized shame all of us like we just discussed and so what happens is if somebody expresses a desire that we don't share or we don't like or we don't have approval for in ourselves or outside of ourselves then we meet it with shame so for example one of my clients, um, one of my clients, uh, was, had a girlfriend was dating a woman at the time. And she, she shared with this woman, this really vulnerable desire. She, uh, to have sex with her with a strap on and the woman said, oh my God, that's my biggest nightmare.
1: What will you say it one more time? It was her biggest yeah. desire was what?
0: Yeah. Her biggest desire was to have sex with her girlfriend using okay. a strap on like okay. a strapped on. Girlfriend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And which is, you know, for some for some people and for some lesbians listening or, or, you know, people who who flow with sexual orientation are like, well, yeah, that sounds great. You know, like they, they wouldn't even think twice. Mm-hmm. But for some people, that's extremely jarring. That's scary. That's so taboo. It's so kinky. It's so unusual, right? And so everyone's different how they respond to things. Mm-hmm. And so her, her girlfriend said, um, that's my worst nightmare, mm. doing that with you. And – it, it sent her into such a shame spiral. And she went into like, I shouldn't have brought it up. I shouldn't have asked. I should, I shouldn't even have wanted that. Right. I'm never going to ask for anything taboo like that again. And so these, these little moments happen all the time throughout our lives, in our upbringing and in our relationships. And it's just all the subtle ways that we shut down and tamp down our truth. This is what I said, like we're all lying because then what does she do after that? Never brought it up again. So then all of a sudden, she's not somebody that wants to have sex with a strap on even though she does, right? And so then all her desires after that are going to be tammed down, little lies, subtler than what she actually wants, right? And so this is what happens in our culture. It's like we get rejected. We don't get the approval or permission that we want and need. And then we shame ourselves and we shift into something that we're not. And we say the thing that we think other people want to hear. And we become more people pleasers than we already were. Mm -hmm. And so just using that example, you know, and this is something that I really focus on in my work is I call it an attitude of approval. That, you know, what would have been such a powerful example in that moment is if she had gone to her girlfriend and said, hey, I have a desire I want to share with you. It's vulnerable, you know, and I want to have sex with you using a strap-on. And if her girlfriend had said, wow, thank you so much for telling me that. I can feel how vulnerable that was for you to share because it's taboo and we've never done that. I'm not open to that or that makes me uncomfortable or kind of scares me because it's out of my comfort zone. But I love that you asked and I'd love to explore different possibilities or potentially doing it in the future. Wow. So much different. That is so different. And it's not a yes, right? If somebody is a no to a desire, they can say no. I talk so much about boundaries in my work, of course, because if we're talking about living a truthful, honest life, you have to be able to have boundaries and say no. But it's saying no without the shame because her her original answer of that's my worst nightmare, hell no, is just her internalized shame coming to the surface. Right. And so that's what we do. We project our own shame onto people. And that's what parents do. Parents project their own shame onto their children. Don't wear that out. Don't, don't dress like a slut. Don't have sex before you're married. Don't, it's like you all wanted to have sex before you were married. (laughs) You probably did. Stop projecting (laughs) that onto your children. Like you probably all did have sex before you were married. You know, like, like but this is, you know, but they don't have what I call rightness with what they want and who they are. And their desires and their pleasure. They don't have rightness with it. When we don't have rightness with ourselves or our taboo kinky desires or who we are, then we shame other people more.
1: So when you are coaching people, when you're working with people, and, and on this show, we talk a lot about self-study. How do you help people navigate what their actual desires are? Like, what is that journey to figure out? You know, I do like a strap-on if you're that person.
0: Yeah, it's... It's such a good question because it's so so simple and so not easy. You know, the idea of living a desire-based life, right? That's what I'm talking about. I teach that. Live a desire-based life. And it's like, that sounds nice, (laughs) but what do I want? And I, I share about this all the time because I... I know from experience because my first times being in courses and retreats that I now teach, um, but, you know, similar flavors that I studied inside of, you know, my teacher would come to me and be like, okay, the prompt would be, what do you want? You know, or what's something you desire? And I would be like, skip me. (laughs) I don't know. And I knew the, I knew the big desires because they were conditioned, right? I want to be successful. I want to have a family. I want to have a house. I like, they're all that, external. External. I things. almost don't even believe that most of right. the time when people tell me that. Because I'm like, that is so deeply conditioned and ingrained mm-hmm. in you that I don't even know if that's true. And you wouldn't even know the difference if it weren't true. And so then the reason that I bring all that up is because I want to point out that it's different. You know, what our deep, true intuitive desires are is very different than what we've been conditioned to think. And sometimes there's overlap for sure. Like I want to get married, I want to have kids. I think most, most days I want to, we'll see, (laughs) but, (laughs) but like, but then there's so much beyond that. Right. I'm like, what sets your soul on fire? What do you want your purpose to be outside of being a mother? You know, in addition to having kids or a husband or a wife, you know, what else is there that turns you on and lights you up? And if being a mother or a spouse is your true calling and purpose, beautiful. I just think that it's more of a rarity than what people think. And so so. then the question is, how do they actually tune into what they really want b- beyond the conditioning? And what I, I mean, I do a lot of practices, a lot of exercises, and that's why it's really a long game. Like I've been doing this work for five years. I've been doing personal growth work for 10 years, but this work more around the feminine uh, for four or five. And it's a long game, you know. I'm still doing this work, and I, that's why I have clients, you know, do my virtual courses that are months long and in-person retreats now virtual because of COVID. But you know, to have a mix and continue being held over time because it's not easy to identify these things and the conditioning keeps coming up. So I have people start with, what do you like? What excites you? What what makes you feel light? Right? There's things that make you feel more light. And there's things that make you feel more heavy. And so what makes you feel light? What makes you feel a uh, sensation in your body? And that could be really simple. Like I I had a client who who like really liked dogs. I'm like, great. <laughs> you know, would you – and she wanted a new, a new job. So it's like, could you work with dogs, right? Washing dogs, having your own, you know, pet grooming place, being a veterinarian or a veterinary assistant, right? I don't know. We, we were brainstorming. And she was lit up about it, right? But then what happens is all the conditioning comes in. Oh, that's too much work. Oh, I'll get rejected. Oh, I don't, I shouldn't like work with dogs for a living. That's not a that's not a career. And then all of our beliefs come in and stop us from actually doing the, the very thing that we would like to be doing. Same thing with everything. Food our food choices, where we wanna be living, the kind of relationship we wanna have, the kind of sex we wanna have, the kind of work we wanna be doing we actually know. We get little whispers and then we shut it down and cast it aside. And so my ongoing work with women is just like bringing it back up. What do you want now? What would that look like? And then working with their belief systems and conditioning to get that out of the way to actually follow the thing that feels good. Mm -hmm. How
1: does this work with the idea of contentment? Do you use much work in, in contentment? Cause I, I think, I mean, I'm just doing a lot of studying around that of like, you know, I, on my, on paper, I've got all the things that I ever wanted really. And now the the piece that is, that's truly filling me up with joy. It has nothing to do with that list, right? Like, it's like the fact that I can be super grateful and content with the, the relationships that I have. And, you know, th- how does that work?
0: <laughs> it's so, it's so, uh, so, so divine love having, like, I call them God shots, but like God moments, goddess moments, um, that you're bringing this up because I was just talking to my coach the other day, two days ago, and we literally like almost all of our call was about being content. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I rarely talk about contentment, which is really funny. Um, so I love that this is coming up. It's so divine. Um, and it's a great question. Here's what I would say. And, and he and I had such a great conversation about this because I was talking about how like, I'm, I'm a bit bored right now because like, I have everything that I've ever wanted. <laughs> right. And it's similar to what you the feeling. About. Yeah. Right? It's like, cause the thing is we love suffering. We human beings, we love suffering. We love mm-hmm. struggling. We love, there's a great book called existential kink, um, which I highly recommend it. Everybody, but she really, this woman, Carolyn Elliott, she really goes into the psychology of, you know, the the how we're all kinky and we all get off to our struggle, our suffering, our challenges, our victimhood, right? Because we all have it and we actually love it, like we thrive off the drama, right? So that's a whole other conversation. That could be a whole podcast episode, but bringing this up back to contentment. So I feel super content in my life. Like I'm not really like, reaching for anything. Yes. Of course. I'm like always creating and like, you know, expanding my business and, and my community and deepening my relationships. Yes. But everything feels really good. Like I've got money in the bank. I have a great partner. I have amazing friends. I live in Bali. I I'm in my purpose on my purpose living that way. And it feels so good. Um, and it, it feels a bit boring. Because I'm used to like go 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 travel 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 create 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 huge live events all this stuff that is so much sensation so exciting and it's a different flavor especially right now with COVID I think a lot of people are experiencing this which is beautiful of just like being and being okay with the stillness the boredom the kind of slowness the contentment and not needing to get out of it and so what we talked about is he and I um, is how. This conversation about following your deeper desires, following what feels sensational in your body, following your, your pleasure is so important for the, the step of getting out of your conditioning. If you are in your conditioning and you're content, you're not living your fully authentic life. Mm, okay. Okay. So it really takes this, like this, my body of work is, is most important in pulling people out of the sleep, right? The sleep of our culture of conditioning and, and, and our, our programming of what we think that our life should look like. Anytime anyone is doing anything because they think that they have to, or they should, I got some work to do with them. Shitting. Any
1: oh, damn any shitting
0: <laughs> obligation, right? Any conversation of obligation is where where my work comes in, right? Because that's where we have to look. We're so deeply ingrained. That's well, I well, I have to. I, well, I I mean, I just I have to do those things, right? I'm like, well, do you? And if there are things that you actually have to do, how could it be pleasurable? Yeah. So. Right. And, and I really work with, you know, moms and, and people who have big corporate jobs who like, you know, it's like they can't not have kids. They have kids. Or they can't, you know, not have the job at the time if it's something they can't leave or don't want to leave. So then how do you make it most pleasurable, right? And kids are... So pleasurable and amazing. I love kids. And at times you know, they're not, like they're overwhelming and they're you know they they need a lot of attention and 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 that's important to them have boundaries and find pleasure in it, and know how to delegate, et cetera. So just back to the contentment thing for a moment. this this work and these conversations is so important for pulling people out of the conditioning. They have to have a compass right? So I give women a new compass. It's following their desire, following what feels good in their body, following their pleasure, following their joy and their purpose. So when that pulls them out and they've experienced all this new creation, this new feeling, this new sensation, this new pleasure, and all of that is sort of, quote, achieved, although it's not, it's not an achievement, but you know what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. like that's sort of been fulfilled or met. After that, is a level of contentment that I think is free of conditioning.
1: That's your authenticity. That's the real contentment.
0: Well, I think that the, 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 yes, I think that's contentment to me. You're the, it's hard to explain because I think, I don't think most people are there. (laughs) Like, like I think that most people are like pretending to be content or like thinking that this is, this is as good as it gets. Or like, this is, this is like how, how great life is, but they actually have no idea what they don't know that they don't know in terms of the, the deeper level of connection or authenticity or vulnerability or or depth of pleasure that they can be reaching in their relationships. So I think people can be content at whatever level of awakening they're at because it's just within the realm of what we know, right? Being content just, with the journey, right? Like with this whole process, definitely. yeah. Yes, and I think that's the, that's the big thing is like it is being content every step of the way, yes. like being content with the space you're in of all your conditioning and asleepness, which nobody really knows when they're in that, right? And then being content with the phases of the awakening that you're in of, you know, following your pleasure and all that. Cause it's easy to go into like, I haven't done it. or I How do I do it right? Or, you know, and it's like actually being okay with the whole journey and how it goes and the highs and lows and then contentment with, you know, whatever is quote beyond that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting and an ongoing discovery I think for me, but I think it's beautiful that you brought this up. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you for diving
1: down that. Cause that's, It's, I agree. It's very complex and we're all very layered humans. And we're, we also change what we want. I mean, we like what our true desires, that that changes. I'm curious, do you have like, like a success story that you can talk about? And I mean, obviously not using names of like someone that you've coached and what's, what has, how their life has
0: changed? Yeah. Uh, It's actually funny. I'm going to, I'm going to share about one of my clients who's Midwestern because, (laughs) um, He's who i thought of when you talked about the midwestern life um she's like so midwest through and through and she loves it she has like her midwest sweatshirts and stuff. I mean, she lives- What is that? What's a Midwest sweatshirt? It literally said like, it literally said like, it says like Midwestern. Like, I'm not kidding. It literally says like, like from the Midwest or something. <laughs> like it says I'm it. I'm looking at my
1: sweatshirt right now. Like, oh geez. You're, You're like, like, wait, is this like a remember.
0: Midwest sweatshirt? Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I should have clarified that. In my mind, I'm like picturing it. It's literally says like, I'm from the Midwest or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's either, it's either her or another- another client of mine who's a friend of hers who has it but i'm pretty sure she has it if she doesn't she's got some probably memorabilia of, of like midwestern life but um she doesn't live there anymore she lives on the west coast but um anyway she is like one of my favorite i mean all my client stories are my favorite but she's one of my favorite stories she she actually was uh she's a good friend of myself and my my business partner and um she actually guest taught at our first retreat at leading dance therapy. She led a session. Um, it was great. And she was going to help out at our second retreat. And my business partner, Ellie, uh, got together with her for, um, you know, tea or something. And she just said to her, like, you know, I just have to say this. You seem like you really need to be in this retreat instead of helping out at it. just like, you're like, you're burnt out. It seems like you really are in need of some nourishment and really being held and really being taken care of instead of holding others. And she was already a coach. She was, you know, dance therapist and a um, a coach in a different form. But I'm in this world of like coaching and holding others. It's a lot of energy. Anyway, she, this was three days before the retreat. She signed up. She was like so scared, so resistant, didn't have the money, like all that, what everybody, everybody goes through when they sign up for any of our courses or retreats, figured it out, paid the money, got in a few days before, and literally had the biggest transformation of anyone in the weekend. And and then since. So she did, I mean, wow, we had her, I don't want to give away like too much. Then so like I don't want people to be freaked out because we just do so we it's so customized. Our retreats and our experiences are so customized per the person's experience of what they need. But I mean, we had her dance in lingerie for the whole group because she's a dancer. We had her dance in lingerie for the whole group because she wanted to. We had her dressed in leather one day. <laughs> she she literally was like embodying her slut. And this was like this little goody-goody, perfect Midwesterner, like such a good girl, so handling everything, amazing coach and leader. And like that was her energy, right? It was just like all is well. I've got it. Meanwhile, burnt out. Meanwhile, like secret slut, you know, like in all the good ways. She was, in, she was engaged at the time and is now married. And she – I just like really nailed her in some of our coaching circles like and when I say nailed, I mean like really went in with her around what she was not looking at, and it was so powerful and this woman just like woke up in that weekend like she just flourished like with all the permission to be the good woman, to be the leader, to be the perfect blonde from from the midwest and to be the raunchy you know leather wearing sex loving woman, you know, and, and to like be all the things in between. And she, all the flavors and all the shades in between. And she healed so much shame in that weekend. So much shame in that weekend. She had sexual shame. She had all this shame from not just being from the Midwest, because we all have our different conditioning from our different places where we're, we're birthed and, and raised, but from her family, from her religion, from everything. She really so much. And then she carried on to do my my virtual program, Wild Confident Intimacy. She did our advanced retreat. She's helped out at our retreat. She's in my year-long program called Radiance now. She's, she's an active member in our community and she is a completely different person. Now she teaches about this. Her whole work is teaching women to be connected and magnetic. She is so like embodied now. She is having amazing sex. We got on a call the other day. She's been really part of our community. We were on a group call and she's like, we, we have women brag in our community. Like we love having women like brag and share and celebrate themselves. And she was like, oh, like I just had amazing sex with my husband. And I'm just like, yes. You know, like <laughs> this is the woman now. She would never have had that great sex or expressed it or talked about it. Before that first retreat, and now it's been you know a year and a half, uh, yeah, year and a half since then. Maybe not even two years, a year and a half. She, I mean, she completely 180 in the year after doing that retreat and and all the work that she's done. That she now teaches it. She has amazing sacks. She talks about this stuff. She's so much more vulnerable in her teaching, her leading, and her social media sharing, like revealing the deeper stuff. She's had. Crazy, crazy transformation with her husband, and just the the level of depth that she expects, the the healing that they've gone through, the boundaries they've created, the taboo desires they've explored, and it's transformed everything in her life. Wow, that's I love that story. That's amazing.
1: So, I mean, is it not everyone though is going to be like the the, find their inner slut, right? Like, there's variations of this, right? Totally. And this
0: is she was kind of like not extreme but like that is a pretty like more sort of uh sort of out there example like okay. not everyone is dancing for the group in lingerie and wearing leather at our retreat like not at all some women are just in pj's the entire time like it's <laughs> it's so about what each woman needs to have for her own experience right because our whole thing like Ellie's and my whole body of work and and my coaching is just about approving of you, approving of all of you, your desires, your taboos, your shame, your fear, your turn on, your turn offs, your, your Mm -hmm. everything. And so that's what it looks like in our courses and in our retreats. You know, when I'm working with anyone, it's like meeting them where they are and then digging in to what else needs to be excavated and approving of it. And approving of it again, and approving of it again, because the approval and the permission is what heals the shame. And so like I said, it looks so different for every woman, like her getting connected to her body. Some women, I had a woman in one of our retreats who's in her 60s, <sighs> love her so much. And we've had women in our 50s, 60s, 70s in our retreats, and we, I'm working with her, and I literally worked with her for like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes in a coaching circle just to have her share desires speaking from a place of i want and getting specific that was her dancing in front of the room in lingerie mm, right yes. that's it that was so what she needed and i stayed with her right she would be like well i want this because my husband wants this or I want this because it really makes me happy serving the community or I want to, I want world peace, right? And it was all like her people-pleasing conditioning and her satisfying other people and keeping it vague and doing what sounds good to be a good woman and all of that stuff. And so my work with her was, okay, what do you want today? What do you want right now? What does your body want? And more specific, right? And so that kind of nuanced working with a woman's desire might be a whole retreat. For her, you know, might, might be the entire program that might be the biggest thing she gets, and it looks nothing like wearing leather or, you know, waking up her sex with her husband. It, every woman is so different, and that's why I said at the beginning, I'm like, how do I explain what I do? Because, I mean, I can give you a whole story that happened the other day with a with a friend of mine who's a former client who, like, I was talking to her about her a book that she's trying to publish. And I just want in on her about the energetic blocks that are in the way. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with sex. But this is my work because it's the energy of where we're being inauthentic. The long the long story short is that she just hasn't told her parents about the content of the of the book because oh, wow. just, she doesn't they won't they won't be okay with it. And I was like, uh, I know we're just having a friend catch up call, but may I, <laughs> may oh. I offer a reflection here? <laughs> uh, and I know I can because we have a rapport and she was a client for a year. Um, and I was like, just so you know, the energetics of this is um, your book won't be published until you tell them. <laughs> right. right. Like, Like, cause she can't find an agent for a year. And I'm like, the reason that you can't find an agent is because the energy of secrecy, shame, and fear is blocking the publishing of the book, right? And and then and then we kept talking about. It she's like, well, I don't know if I can tell them. And I was like, Just so you know, you you actually I amend what I said. You don't have to tell them to publish the book, but it will require force, effort, pushing, and all of these energies that don't feel good and are not in flow when there's that kind of energetic barrier in the way. So. I bring this up because it's like, I work with clients on their books, their parents, right? Their, their friends, their, it's, it's where, where are you not living the truth? Mm.
1: Yes. That's like like the perfect way to say it. Where are you not living the truth? Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's, she's just not living. She, she's not living her truth around her book on not claiming who she is, not owning who she is. Same with that client who wasn't like owning her really raunchy sexual desires. And her, literally her husband didn't even know her.
1: I mean and he like, was like, yes, thank God.
0: <laughs> he was, he was, he was, and he also had his reactions because this was also someone that he'd been in a relationship for years and didn't know this version yeah, of her. So she hard. got to then go through, right. But then she got to go through the healing and growth of that and claiming who she is. Right. And everyone has a different reaction. Some people are like, they're like, yes, I've been ready for this for years. And other people, you know, because it's, she was with him when she was a different way for a reason. right? So so then it's like getting to know each other in a whole different way. Yeah. And deciding if you want to be together when you have this unleashed version of yourself, do you even magnetize at the same level? Do you even resonate now? Right. And so that, that's all part of the journey, part of the discovery. And, and, and it's, it's beautiful.
1: I feel like we could talk all day. I'm like, we I, love it. It. <laughs> I love your show. Amy's show is called with yeah. pleasure. It's so real. I mean, it's just like the way you're talking now. I think you are in the very in the flow and, and, and truthful. I mean, that's your, that's your MO, right? Is truth. If somebody yeah. wants to work with you, how can they do that with your retreats and your coaching?
0: Yeah, well, it's very exciting because right now we are, um, so, so just to give a little context as so I keep saying, we, my business partner, Ellie and I, um, have led retreats together for the last two years and I've been leading my virtual courses for women individually by myself. Uh, cause it's my, you know, was my primary business and my kind of solo part of my business. And now we are combining all of our work to be together. She's incredible. She has an episode on my podcast as well. Um, and so now we're doing our virtual courses and retreats together. It's all combining. Um, and we have an epic 2021 coming up of, of what's, what's available for women, but to, to kind of access all of that, um, we are leading a pleasure challenge that starts on Monday. And at whenever this comes out, we're, we're, we're going to run it three times. Okay. So whenever this episode comes out, women can just go to the pleasure super simple. The pleasurechallenge.com and we can put it in the show notes and use the code pleasure to get the challenge for free. And it's a 5-day experience in a private Facebook group where we're going to lead virtual, you know, live calls or live videos on in the group every day of content and practices for incorporating more pleasure in your life. It's going to be so much fun and at the end of the pleasure challenge, we're going to be announcing something really exciting that's happening in November virtually. For women all over the world. And then from there, we're going to announce things for 2021. So right now that's what's available for getting, getting to work with me. Um, and then I have a Facebook community called the desire on fire community and my business Instagram, which is the, uh, which is just desire on fire. Um, so those are the best ways like to do the pleasure challenge, um, to, to keep an eye out for the big event that we're going to be having virtually in November and, you know, follow me on Instagram. I have my, of course my personal Instagram, which is just Amy Batuski. but those are the best ways to stay in touch and and stay alert to what we're going to be offering in 2021.
1: Oh, that sounds so exciting. I'm, to, I'm so going to hop into this pleasure challenge. Yes. yes. <laughs>
0: Wait, we're so excited. We had, we had so many women sign up um, within the first two days after we launched it. So we're really, really excited. We had our vision for the first round is four hundred women. So we'll see how it goes. Oh we halfway through. So yeah, yeah, so excited.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time, Amy. This has been so enlightening. And I don't, I, yeah, again, I could talk to you all night. Anyway, I don't have to like, in the future. <laughs> we totally can. We can assistant. always talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy to talk. I'm such a talker. That's why podcasts are so perfect for me. Like, I just, it's just so fun for me. And just um, my, my true self expression is, is just sharing and talking and revealing the truth.
1: Yeah. Well, you're great at it. So thank you. Thank you again. And everyone check out Amy's podcast with pleasure. It's a goodie.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Reminder to leave a rating if you like this show. Give it a shout out on Instagram if it resonated with you. Share with a friend. All so helpful. If you want to be a part of the pleasure revolution, the challenge with Amy starting on October 26th, make sure to check out the details in the show notes. The first 200 people that sign up will get it for free using the code PLEASURE. All right, friends. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.